RP3 is ready to step his game up and grab the mic for the latest edition of the Rap Game Podcast. Here is Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. The holidays are right around the corner here, and I decided with this episode of the Rap Game Podcast to reach out to an old friend. We've known each other back in the day when I was covering Northwestern State, when he was working at Northwestern State. A lot has changed in the decade plus since then. I'm down here in the Lafayette area on the radio talking sports, getting paid to do so. I still don't understand how that happened. And my guy is over in Lake Charles, holding it down for the Menice State Cowboys. My guest for this episode of the Rap Game Podcast is the Assistant Athletic Director and Sports Information Director at McNeese State University. It's my good friend, the one and only Matthew Bonnet. Matthew, what's going on, brother? Hey, man, uh, you know, just taking it one day at a time. That's all you can do. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I really appreciate appreciate you having me on, though. It's a... you have a great show, and I enjoy listening to it. And uh, you know, hey, you're you're becoming uh, you're becoming a, a, a big time celebrity around the state, man. Yeah. Oh, come, ooh, watch out now! Came a long way from the first time I covered a college football game. Was you were there? I don't think you remember this. So I had to fill in for Jeff Matthews, who used to cover Northwestern State at the Town Talk, <laughs> and Marquise, John Marquise, our friend, sends me up to Natchitoches. He's like, hey. Have you ever covered a college football game before? I was like, no. He's like, great. I want to give you the opportunity. You've been doing some good work for us here in the sports department. Won't you go cover a game? I said, great. So I go up there, cover the game. I take my brother with me. They allow it. Cover the game, interview the coach on the field afterwards. Not a problem. So forth, so forth. But do you know what your boy did? I did not know. I had no idea. This was 20 some odd years ago now. I wore a T-shirt. Like, I wore a printed T-shirt to cover a game as a member of the media. So, as my as my dad would say, ate up with the dumbass. And so, I go cover that. And you know what? Dougie, our guy, Doug Ireland, who's going to be inducted into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame next summer. You know what? He did not scold me. He did not embarrass me. He just simply made a phone call to John the next day, said, hey, Ray did a really great job. Just tell him to wear a collared shirt the next time he comes up here. And I still remember that, man. But that was my first time. I was like... I was like, ooh, I came a long way from being that guy. Yeah, you know, um, I think every SID has their own press box rules. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of see, okay, well, the sports writers, uh, not to put sports writers, not, not to kind of categorize them in a, as a different breed. <laughs> <laughs> what you going to? <laughs> but, but sports writers are a different breed, man. You know, I mean, it's just that, I mean, that's great guys. I mean, some of the best people I've ever known. And um, But, hey, you know, I mean, you're there to cover a game. You're not there for a fashion show, you know. So um, I do tell, I, I, I do tell um, media that come to our games, though, and I have, there, there's one in particular, I'm not going to say his name, and he's really more of a local guy. Um and he does stuff for uh, local radio and, and stuff like that. And he, he's actually just retired. But he would always show up in the Magnesia shirt. And I'm like, look, man, I appreciate you 
you know, supporting your your hometown school and everything, but you got to remember you're you're a member of the media. You know, yes. you can't show that bias. You know, so. But as far as you know, my press box rules, my crew, you got to be, you know, slacks, polo shirt, whatever. Now, the media, I would prefer you wear, you know, slacks. But uh, you know, I mean. Your boy David Barry, he, he showed up with some outrageous outfits sometimes, man. I tell oh, you. my. <laughs> I got our old David. He's so just fresh to death everywhere he goes. I was like, yeah, when we worked together in Beaumont covering Lamar, I was like, man, why are you, who are you dressing up for? Like, who, who, where are you, who are you trying to impress? You're not impressing yeah, James Dixon kidding. up in the press box at Lamar. I can guarantee you that, brother. He, he, he would show up to basketball games. Wearing like a velour or suede sports coat, I'm like, man, you know, such where, style. Where, where's your cigarette? Where's your cigarette with the big cigarette holder? You know, <laughs> such style. I remember that one of the first times. I remember this like it was yesterday. I'm not going to say who it is because it was a couple different people. So I, I covered the basketball state basketball tournament one year. First year yeah. I went, and I go and I, I'm worried. By this time I've learned how to kind of dress myself. So you know, I have a polo shirt on and I had blue jeans, but nice blue jeans. Right, I had a belt and everything. <laughs> And I'm thinking I'm going to be underdressed, right? There's people there, members of the media, in sweatpants, Matt. Sweatpants. Sweatpants. And I'm like, what? You got credentialed? How did this happen? I just couldn't help myself. Yeah, and that, you know, I guess that's that's the thing that, you know, especially young guys, young people, you know, I mean, sometimes young people really want to make that impression and they'll dress to the nine. Sometimes young people like, Hey, look, you know what? I'm here to cover a game. Um, but you just, they just got to remember who they represent, you know? So, um, but yeah, Hey, I mean, we got some, some great, great sports writers in the state. I mean, tremendous sports writers. I think some of the best around the country. And, um, and you know, they're a lot of fun to, to talk to and get to know and, you know, here in Lake Charles, it's kind of upsetting because it seems like they shuffle in and out of here every two or three years. So you don't really get to 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 get to know them that well, but you do what you can to bond with them. And and of course, in my position, is building that trust with them. And um, so you know, it's always fun to get to know the the different uh, sports writers that that come in and out of here. Well, man, for you, you kind of grew up around this, and I always find this interesting that both you and your brother went into the same profession as your father. And, of course, your father is Louis Bonnet, a legend in the state of Louisiana. He's been inducted into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, uh, a reputation that goes well beyond the boundaries of the state of Louisiana. So what was it like growing up? with your dad in that role for, for so many years at McNeese State? I mean, did did you realize how unique it was to kind of be exposed to what you and your brother, Michael, who's the SID over at LSU, what you guys were kind of exposed to? You know, I go back and I tell, um, you know, I'll talk to James Dixon over Lamar a lot, and I'll tell a lot of the, the guys that that are either my age or younger than me that are in this profession, you know, I had I, I was fortunate to grow up in, in the profession with my dad. I saw things how they used to be done, and if things go back, I mean, if something were to happen, and if you had to say, okay, we're running things right now how they were done back in the '70s and '80s, everybody quit, you know, because 
things, the way things, you can't even imagine how things were done back then with the way things are done right now. And what I'm saying about the way things are done back then, I mean, you're, you're talking about a typewriter, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no, you know, backspacing on, on a mistake or anything, you know, yes, it's white out or whatever. Uh, um, there's no, you know, well, now even fax machines are done, but uh, there's no email, there's no internet. Uh, everything, I can remember sitting in my dad's office after a game, and he would send put a story on the telecopier, and he'd say, hey, watch this, let me know when it's done. And uh, so I'd sit there, and that telecopier, that's how, that was almost like the telegram, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's how he filed his stories with the, with the press. And I'd sit there, and I'd watch that telecopier just roll, you know, 15 minutes, you know, just sit there and watch that. Um you had the uh, there were no copy machines. You had the, the hand crank machine with the good smelling fluid. You know, <laughs> so I mean, I me and my brother were fortunate to, to be able to see how it used to be done, and and we can reflect on that. And when times are, are like they are now, and when times are tough, and and uh, you know the the days are just swamped with all kinds of events, and this spring is going to be a, a perfect example of how I mean it's going to be craziness this spring. Um, but you go back and say, you know what? <laughs> we really got it pretty good right now. You know, uh, the way things were were back then, uh, it, it, it's just unimaginable. Matt, growing up around a, a college program like you did with your dad, who was the, the biggest big time sports star that you kind of remember kind of like meeting, kind of being all struck by that maybe came through there in Lake Charles? Um, well, when I was, you know, in the seventies, you know, I loved watching John Rudd play basketball. I, I remember I had a t-shirt and I had a picture of him on my t-shirt, <laughs> you know, um, he was, he was just, he was like my idol, you know, watching John Rudd play big six foot nine, uh, forward, um, in the civic center, playing in the civic center. And that was uh, always fun to watch. And, and, and you can, back then it was so, it was so much fun just being a kid at the games I can remember uh, when the games would end, all the kids would line up on the baseline. And uh, when the game ended, the kids would storm the floor and run to each player because they, all the players were wearing wristbands and would just pull the wristbands off the players. And if you got lucky enough, they would they would take a knee pad off and give it to you. You know, so that was that was always a lot. Of, I remember that a lot. But I think probably the biggest star I can remember it was uh, the early '80s. I was going on a trip. My dad let me go on a trip with him to Arkansas State. Um, we're getting ready to get on the bus, and and at the time, McNeese was uh, they were constructing the the uh, swimming pool on campus, and so um, I was sitting there just kind of watching the construction of getting ready to load the bus. And one of the players comes up to me and just starts talking to me and asking me who I am and and um, and everything. Just just started chatting with me. One of the players, and it was Joe Dumars. He was a freshman at the time. And so, wow. uh, yeah, it was pretty neat. I mean, he, he came up to me and we just, he just started talking to me. Just like I was, you know, here I am. I think that was probably 1982, maybe. So I'm 10 years old. And, you know, he just comes up to this little kid and just starts chatting like I'm, like I'm a regular, you know, just a, a regular person. And, uh, and it was great. And, uh, I just being able to watch him play, uh, his whole career, um, and then watching him what he did in the pros. I mean, and to this day, you know, I still have a great relationship with him. And it, it started when I was 10 years old. 
because he came up there and he made the effort to come just talk to me and and uh so that was pretty neat that'll always stay with me you know and then of course i got to know his brother uh david dumars really well when he was assistant coach here so you know the whole dumars family is just tremendous yeah so i think joe that one that one really stands out that will stay with me forever yeah matt when you were growing up did you think that you wanted to follow in your dad's footsteps or did you have another dream or maybe other dreams of what you wanted to do with your life, go off to school, get a degree, and, and what you wanted to, you know, uh, follow maybe your career path. Yeah, no, I, you know, I did not, I, I did not have any, any thoughts of doing this. Now, you know, I was helping dad out as a student worker when I was in school and everything, but then, you know, I kind of took a different path. I went and worked at uh, KPLC uh, TV here in town and I uh, started out just as a news photographer. Well, I got the opportunity to uh, move into commercial production um, a few years later, um, and when I got into that, uh, I started doing well and you know making commercials, and I became the department head. Well, I kind of put school off, you know, kind of hold off on school. I hadn't got my degree yet because I really loved what I was doing. I really wanted to to make that a career. Um, but then something, you know, in, in around around 2000, something happened, and I was like, you know, it, it's just I love doing this, but it just doesn't feel right. You know, I miss going to the games. I miss being around it and everything because I wasn't able to do all that back then and help that out as much as I wanted to. Um, so then I went back to school. Um, you know, at the time, my daughter, my, my first daughter, she was born in 2000. So she was a baby. Well, I couldn't just, you know, not work and, and go to school. So I would, I got a job at a, at Walmart working overnight, unloading unloading the trucks. Um, so I'd work overnight, and I'd go to school at 8 in the morning, and I did that. And then uh, my last semester of school, um, it was just killing me because I would work from, I mean, I'd go to school from, I'd, I'd, I'd make sure my class was at 8 in the morning because I knew once I got off work, I'd work from uh, 10 at night till 7 in the morning. <laughs> so I knew that if I went home and went to bed, I'd never get up and go to class. So I'd make sure that I uh, had an 8 o'clock class. So I'd go, you know, from class from 8 to about 1 or 2, and then I'd go to work from 10 till 7 in the morning. So, you know, that last that last couple semesters was just killing me. And uh, and my wife said, you know what, um, just worry about your, your school and we'll be all right. So, you know, like finally that those last two semesters was the first time I ever made president's list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's it's amazing what you can do when you're not working a full time job. Exactly, and I graduated in '02, and and um, again, you know, my daughter's two years old at the time, and and so I graduate in May of '02, and I'm like, okay, well, what do we do? <laughs> so uh, there's there's nothing available, so I'm like, yeah, you know what? I got to work. I can't I can't just sit around. Got to be able to at least make something. So uh, I go and sign up at a local place that. Um, that offers you know work opportunities in different areas. So they call me up, say, "Hey, we got a job for you. Go and uh, cut grass and weedy grass and all that on the railroad tracks over by uh, at the time Players Casino, the Riverboat Casino was in town. So we got that. Like, okay, hey, you know, I'll do that. I got to do something. So as I continue to work to get into to the career and everything to the profession, so I remember coming home one day. And uh, 
it was in June, I think it was in June, June or July, a couple of months after I graduated, and um, got a call from Sam Goodwin, used to be the head coach at, at Northwestern State. That's right. Uh, he was the AD at Henderson State, and he said, hey, um, Doug Ireland gave me your name, said that uh, you're looking to get in the, the SID field, we'd like to bring you up here and, and uh, talk to you about it, so we have an opening, so me and my wife took off to Arkadelphia with a, and did an interview with him, and he hired me on the spot, and you know that's how I got started. So it's a Sam Goodwin, you know, and then I was there for a year, and I can remember Doug Ireland from Northwestern called me up, and uh, he had an opening, but he didn't offer it to me. I, I think he kind of be, beating around the bush because he said, "Hey, look, I got I just uh, my assistant just left, um, and I was wondering, you know, I know you're up there, Henderson. I was wondering if you." Uh, you knew of anybody that that was looking you know, for a job would be interested in it. I said, well, you know, let me let me uh, think about it, and I'll give you a call back. Well, right when I hung up the phone, I called my wife said, hey, Doug, Ireland from Northwest was called, said he's looking for an assistant. I said, what do you think? She's like, go for it. <laughs> I mean, didn't hesitate. <laughs> uh, so I called Doug back, and I said, Doug, hey, what would you say if I told you I was interested? And he said, well, that's what I was hoping you would say. <laughs> so, uh, Classic, yeah. Doug. Classic wave. <laughs> Just anyone that knows Dougie knows that. That's how he is. He's not, he's not one to ruffle feathers. He's not one to be abrasive or anything like that. He's He has <laughs> yeah. his way, and that's, how, yeah. that's classic. That's, that's classic, Dougie. Yeah. I think it's a lot to do with the respect he had for Sam Goodwin, too. He has for him. And, he didn't want to, you know, pull me away from him, and, and you know, but made it be, you know, my decision and not him, you know, pursuing me or anything. So, um, so you know, I started, and uh, I think it was uh, August, maybe August of uh, '03 at Northwestern. I was there for nine years. I think I, I still hold the uh, the record uh, for the uh, longest uh, running assistant under Doug Island. He's had a lot of assistants, and they've all gone to to do great things. And I'm, you know, I'm, I owe a lot to Doug. I owe a whole lot to Doug. You know, I'm not, I'm not where I am right now if Doug didn't help me, especially with my writing. I mean, Doug is a master. He's just a master writer, and I learned so much from him. In, in that Underrated area. writer, Matt, he is, because yeah. he doesn't get to do it as much. And I know a few years ago he actually won Story of the Year for the LSWA yeah. contest for an article that he did. Uh, there for um, uh, the Natchitoches paper or uh, a publication. It might have been even a monthly. So Doug's un- underrated. Obviously, he worked as a reporter at the Town Talk years before getting into the SID game, first learning under Dan McDonald um, with the Raging right, Cajuns yeah. and then going up to Northwestern State. What, what were some of the biggest takeaways um, or some of the big highlights for you working there with uh, Dougie there at Northwestern State? Well, you know, I mean, just it, it, it was – I think I settled in really well right off the bat because the, the football coaching staff there, they were all at McNeese, <laughs> you know, before going there. Uh, so I knew them all, and I think that helped out a lot. Um, so I already knew a lot of people there. Um, and the, just, just you know, being, being welcomed, um, even though I was, you know, a McNeese grad and you know, I'm the enemy or whatever, you know, <laughs> Uh, it didn't take long for for them to, um, I guess, to to welcome me into their family, and I'll I'll always be a demon now. And um, you know, right before I think it was my last baseball game, before I left, 
it was the last game of the season. I mean, I didn't leave until the season was over. But they uh, they rewarded me by uh, giving me an honorary letter on the baseball team, which I thought was neat because I baseball I covered baseball. I was SID for the baseball team, so I thought that was really neat. I, I you know I have that plaque in my office, and um, and so you know just being able to to make a lot of friends, um, a, a lot of great friends I still have today. I still talk to a, a, a lot of people. Um, and, uh, you know, it's always great when, when we meet up and I get to see everybody again. But um, in terms of the profession, the, the takeaway, I mean, I got to learn a lot about the job that I really didn't, uh, I mean, I really didn't know that much about. I mean, I knew a lot about, about watching Dad and everything, but you really don't. This job, is it's really the kind of job you just learn by getting experience. And... Um, you know, you, they don't teach it in school. <laughs> you know, um, that's why you try to get student workers on your staff, and so they can know what it's like. And and uh, I have one student worker right now who's great, and um, you know, he had no idea what this job was like because they just don't teach it. But being able to learn things under Doug, um, really, the writing, the writing and communication skills, um, it, that's that's just the that's the most important thing, really. Um, and, you know, building those relationships with the media, with the coaches, with the players, it's, uh, you know, you can't owe everything to my dad and Doug from where, you know, where I am right now. And, you know, I'd like to think I'm, I'm, you know, that they're proud of what I'm doing. (laughs) You know, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but. Oh, they think you're doing an awful job. I just, I got off the phone with them before bringing you on, but. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, um, you know, the nine years I spent in Northwestern was, uh, and in Natchitoches was, you know, some of the best years of my life. And, and, uh, you know, at, at, at one point, you know, I was, I was ready, you know, whenever Doug was ready to retire, I was ready to take over and uh, stay there forever. Um, but I knew Doug wasn't ready to retire. And when my dad said that he was retiring, I'm like, well, you know, now it's time to to make the move if I can do it. And it was uh, that it was it was that simple for you when your dad had the conversation. I'm sure he told you before he made the announcement. He told you and your brother that yeah. he was going to finally step away as the SID for McNeese. It automatically just clicked in your brain. Okay, it's time to come home. Yeah, it, it did. And um, but you know, it did because it was that easy because Doug wasn't going to retire anytime. You know, he was still going on. And, but now, had Doug said he was retiring at the same time, that would have been a tough decision to make because, you know, I had my family there. We were rooted. Um, you know, I had one daughter that was getting ready to start high school and another daughter that was getting ready to start middle school. So um, it was uh, – it, it would have been a tough decision. Um, but I'm glad it worked out the way it did because uh, it made it an e- easy decision with Dad retiring and Doug staying. Um and being able to come home, you know, it's great to be able to come home. I was I was going for ten years, and so that made coming home even more special. Matt, let's talk a little bit about. I mean, before we get to your returning home and your homecoming and everything, sibling rivalry. How is that in the Bonnet household, my friend? How was that growing up, and now even now, as you guys are in the <laughs> same career, the same job titles, and have been for years. Um, growing up, you know, we were, 
we were typical brothers. We were always at each other's throat and everything uh, when we were young. Um, as we got older, of course, you know, we grew up, we matured, and um, not not nearly as many as fight, fights we had in, in high school as we did in elementary or middle school. But um, but now, you know, being in the same field, there's, you know, Michael being in LSU, um, it just, it, I mean, they're under a microscope, as you know. Um, so anything that happens here that I have a question about or, you know, if there's going to be any kind of newsworthy event that might not be on the positive side, you know, I'll, I'll give Michael a call. It's like, look, you know, how do you handle this? What would you do? Stuff like that. So he gives a lot of great advice on things like that. Um, so it's good to be able to call him and, uh, and talk to him about things. And, and, you know, we keep in touch all the time. You know, he shoots me a text whenever we have a game, wishing good luck. I do the same for him. And, and, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. It, it was great when we got together in 2015 and played football. Um, even though the game got canceled because of the rain, but, uh, it was great to be there in the same press box, doing the same job, you know, going up against him. Uh, I thought that was pretty neat. And I was able to do the same thing when I was at Northwestern, you know, we played there and, uh, but we got a game, you know, coming up next, next fall in 21, uh, you know, we go back to LSU. So hopefully we can get that game in and, uh, it'll be, it'll be a fun one. It'll be able to, it'll be a great time being in the same press box as him, both of us as, as the SID. Okay, bud. Uh, who's your dad's favorite? <laughs> his grandkids. That's his favorite. There you go. That's the answer. That's the answer you're looking for. As long as, as, long as there's grandbabies about, that's all that matters. Oh, man. Um, did you need, did you want or even seek out your dad's blessing to come back home to take over for the job that he held for decades? No, you know, he. I think that's what he, I think that's was the plan all along. You know, for one of us to to take over, and I think that's what he always wanted. And um, I mean, he knew Michael wasn't going to leave LSU. I mean, that, that's 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 not going to happen. <laughs> you know, um, and so with me still being the assistant at Northwestern, um, I think that would. I mean, I think that was the plan all along is to, for me to be able to come back. And, um, and take over and, you know, um, I'm sure my last name <laughs> had a lot to do with it, but I'd like, to, I'd like to think I got the job because of my skills and my work ethic, you know, um, but I'm okay. You know, hey, if my last name gets me a nice job at a, for a great university in the, in back in my hometown, okay, hey, whatever, <laughs> you know. Well, the benefit of with your name and it being so familiar is that people don't ask you how to spell it, and they don't ask you what country of origin it's from. So you're good there, brother. <laughs> when it comes to working in South Louisiana, you don't have to, or the state of Louisiana at all. I can't tell you how many times I worked in Ville Platte for about two years. I had this woman, she, all just classic Southern passive aggressiveness, comes in there, and she goes, you're not Catholic, are you? And I was like, yeah. I was like, um, no, actually, I'm not, but no. what, what? She goes, I could just tell by your last name. What is that anyway? <laughs> if you don't okay. mind me asking. And I was like, well, it's German. Oh, yeah. and it's just th that sigh yeah. of, 
well, that explains a lot. That's that, the reaction was kind of like that. And I was like, okay, thank oh, you. Yeah. Great. Does it yeah, help well, that I married a woman whose last name was Ghidro from St. Landry Parish? Is it okay that I married a Cajun woman? Does that give me, <laughs> does that, does that help, 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 help the old, uh, <laughs> son of German oh, yeah. immigrants? Um, yeah, the only thing I get, I, I get, I get Bonet a lot, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bonet. 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 Bonet or Bonnet. And I was like, you know what? Just call me. I've been called, it's been pronounced so many different things. So whatever you want, you know. So <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with whatever. <laughs> Tell me what it was like the first time you came back as the SID, the first game week, the first game that you were the SID at McNeese, where you grew up, where your dad had such a legendary career. Were you nervous at all, brother? I mean, were you? Was it surreal? Was it was it overwhelming at all that that first that first time? Um, yeah, I was I was I was scared to death. And uh, the first game we played, it, it was at Middle Tennessee, and we won. Um, and I had a <laughs> I brought an eight by ten picture of my dad, and I put it right on the on the table right in front of me, kind of in the you know, because he was there. So yeah, it was. Um, it was. I was nervous because I, I wanted to make sure I didn't let, you know, Coach Vita tore down. Um, I didn't want to, to let. I just didn't want to let anybody down. I didn't want to let my dad down. You know, I wanted to, to prove to them that this decision was right. Tommy McClellan was the AD at the time, and well, he was outgoing AD. So, um, you know, I just didn't want to let anybody down. I was nervous, and um, you know, it, it took me a little while uh, before I really got comfortable. And, um, but, you know, it, uh, it, I guess that's with every job, every, you know, anybody in every job, if you are, if you want to do everything to be perfect, um, and that's what it, what it, to me, when it comes to games, you know, everything's got to be perfect. And I know it's not always going to be perfect, but, uh, that doesn't stop me from trying to make everything perfect. But, um, you know, it, uh, if you, if you care about your job, if you have a passion for what you do, um, you love your university, uh, then that's that's how it should be. No matter who you are, no matter what job you do. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was there were a lot of a lot of nerves there, uh, but again, over time that um, that kind of went away, and now it's just uh, not that I'm comfortable uh any way of doing the job i mean I, I say i'm comfortable i'm just saying that that uh you know i'm never gonna i'm never gonna be in that comfort zone to where i feel like i have to uh let up on trying to be perfect you know you, you understand what i'm saying oh yeah. i get i get what you're saying brother i i yeah i, so, I never feel yeah. like yeah I, the it, effort's always gonna the effort will never ease yeah um, but but being comfortable in what I do, you know, it's it's fun. I mean, I work sports. You know, sure there there may be times where, you know, you have to be at work at seven in the morning and not get done till midnight or one in the morning. But again, you know, you're you're working sports. You're being able to to watch the student athletes play what they love to play. These coaches coach. Um, and so many people come through these doors. And um, you just hope that that whatever you do has a you know a little bit of an impact on them as you know as they hopefully get their degree and move on in life. But uh, 
you know, if I'm still doing this in 10, 20 years, you know, hopefully the effort is still there and doesn't change. Once that effort starts, you know, once I start to feel like, you know what, it's just, you know, not not much to it anymore, and then, then maybe it's time to look into something else or retire. But you know, I don't see that happening for any, you know, anytime soon, that's for sure. Well, see, brother, you, you can't retire anytime soon because – you are needed, not not only what you do in your role at McNeese State, but you're needed in making sure to keep James Dixon in line because that cat, uncontro- just a wild man, right? Just a wild man, has no regard for anyone else in the business, doesn't give a helping hand at all. That guy is just the, well, he's actually one of the best guys you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, James, James is about the funnest person to be around. You know, he uh, – I mean, when you need somebody, to, when you need a laugh, just call James up. Yeah, make sure he makes you laugh. Yeah, he's great. We I actually, hate to see. I hate to see what what being talked about with them. You know, moving moving out of our league, but that's uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, the the rumor mill is going around about the Southland schools in the state of Texas deciding to leave the conference for quote unquote greener pastures. Um, we'll, we'll see if if that happens. But James is um a. a a stand-up stand-up guy we actually lived in the same apartment complex when we both worked in beaumont and uh oh. he took over at the same time that i came there so it was kind of happened at the same time and uh james was a trip man just he, he always always had that attitude of just kind of you know making you laugh and kind of making light of situation and you know he just kind of like you in a lot of ways matt it was just like you know what yeah this is my job and i'm, I'm a professional about it but you know what I'm not going to be a drill sergeant about it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be a total pain in your butt about it, um, which I always uh, appreciated, even though his uh, mini helmet collection uh, takes over three rooms in his apartment. So um, I, I don't judge him for that. I wish I had that. But, um, you know, I, I, my yeah. man cave now is turned into a storage facility. So, yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, brother, l- let's talk about – just everything that's been going on here recently, and I, I want to touch on it because you've been doing tremendous work putting a spotlight on the community in Lake Charles uh, with y- your social media posts and with letting people know how they can help out uh, help out McNeese State, help out the Lake Charles community, help out that entire part of the state due to the, to the hurricanes that occurred. Uh, for you personally, you know, how daunting was it for you to live through that because not only do you have yourself and your family, but you also have your, you know, you have your folks and you have to make sure they're taken care of. And it was massive destruction on a historic scale. How did you not go absolutely crazy during that time? Um, well, I mean, I'll, I'll be lying if I didn't say that I'm still going through it. You know, it's, um, it, I told my wife last night, and I, I looked it up, I said, I said last night was the 111th straight night we haven't slept in our in our bed, you know. Um, and it's not just me; it's a whole lot of people. You know, I'm still living in a camper in my driveway, um, trying to get work done. You know, my contractor started on my house and everything. It's just, um, it's you know, it's difficult, but you've got to you got to keep a level head. You got to stay do something to, to keep you, you sane or else it'll, it'll make you crazy. Um, it'll make you emotionally and, and it, it, not, it will, it has made me emotionally and mentally exhausted. Um, but again, I mean, I'm just, we're, 
just one family. There, there are probably thousands of families around the area that are going through this. And it, you know, it gets, you know, you, you drive around town and it's great to see some businesses opening back up and, you know, some stores are staying open later at night. Um, but then, you know, when, when the sun goes down and it's dark and you, there are no street lights on or anything, you know, that it's, you know, we're not out of it yet. Um, I look at my neighborhood and there's still a lot of houses that, that have blue tarps, you know, they still don't have a roof yet. Um, so it's, you know, the campus is still, you drive and you look at the facilities and they're still banged up really bad. You know, work is starting on them. Um, but it's just going to take time. And um, I think that with us starting basketball season, um, that's, you know, that's the getaway. You get away from it, even if it's for two or three hours. That's something you can just get away. And, and, and even though I'm working the games, it's still enjoyable to, to just be normal for a little while. Um, enjoy a little bit of normalcy, even though you look in the, in the bleachers and, you know, every – a row of, you know, 10 seats are, are marked off because of the social distancing that has to happen. But the game still played the same way. Um, you know, the fans still cheer. We still keep stats, everything. So that's normal. That's the normal part of it. It's great to be able to get away. And, um, and I mean, I'm, I'm looking even more forward to the spring. As crazy as spring is going to be with every sport playing from, uh, you know, mid-February until – um, or the first of February till the, the end of March or mid March until basketball ends, you know, we're going to have 16 sports playing at the same time. So, <laughs> yeah. So I know that that's going to be crazy and everything, but I, I'm honestly, I'm looking forward to it. I cannot wait because that's going to be normal. And, and, um, and it just get, you know, get away from, from seeing everything that's, it's just, you know, something that'll never go away. I, I really don't, I don't think it'll ever go away. I guess you can kind of call it a little bit of PTSD, you know, but again, I think everybody, everybody is dealing with it. And, but you know, every day is a new day. So, uh, and, uh, things improve, things, things get, get uh, worked on every day and, you know, just keep, got to keep improving and moving forward and just you know, pray we don't, you know, take a step back, come, come next uh, late spring and summer. And uh, so, you know, it's just um, just trying to deal it, you know, take every day, one day at a time. And, and uh, you know, just just pray that everybody gets through this. And it'll take a while. I mean, you know, if you look at my house right now and say my house will be done by the end of January, you know, I'd, I'd give you a big old hug right now. You know, um, I just don't see that happening. But it could. Uh, you look at some people, I mean, I know some people that had to have their houses uh, torn down because they were completely totaled. So uh, there are a lot of more people that are worse off than me. Um, there are some people that are, you know, are a lot better off and lucky to where they are. They've had all the work done or not as much damage at all. But, um, again, uh, being at Nice and you know, everybody there is a support support staff, support system. And um, so we're like one big family. And so to just to be able to get out to the games and see everybody and, and a little bit of normalcy there, I mean, that, that really, that has really helped out a lot. Yeah. 
you know, I can imagine from your perspective too, because it, the work gives you a release, but on the same hand, you're dealing with a university and athletic department trying to find its footing and players displaced and they have questions and the coach has questions and the coaches are having stress and are overwhelmed by the situation. So you're kind of having to be a calming force for them as well while you're dealing with your own stuff with your own family and your own personal uh, panic or your own personal, you know, kind of depression dealing with everything. It, it, does that help, Matt? Does the, the job kind of keep you afloat has the job helped kind of keep you your head above water so to speak oh yeah no the job has definitely helped <laughs> absolutely i mean uh we can't get in our in the field house right now because it's it's uh still being worked on um so my makeshift office is you know either in my camper or I have a, I put a desk in, in my house that you know has no walls, no floors or anything, and I'm, I'm kind of working out of there. So um, to be able to, to, when I say actually get to a game and get away from this, I mean, uh, you know, people say, why don't you just go to your office? I can't. I don't have an office right now. My office is my house, so I can't. I mean, that's the whole thing. I can't get away from it. Even if, even if I'm doing work, you know, I'm still doing work either in the camper or in my house. I can't get away from it. So that's why, you know, being able to go out to Burton Coliseum to work a game, you know, it, it's just, it helps out so much. And, um, you know, being able to go to Stephen F. Austin last week, uh, being able to go to Lafayette on Saturday, it, 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 you just don't understand how much that means to be able to do something like that because you get away from, from seeing everything here. And just for, you know, a little bit, for a few hours, you know, everything is, is everything is, is fine, you know. <laughs> but then you return. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, um, let's wrap it up with this, brother. How can people that are listening to this podcast today, how can they help out? How can they help out the uh, university, the athletic department? How can they help out the folks over there in Lake Charles? Um, that way we make sure we don't forget them and, and uh, make sure they're not forgotten uh, during this holiday season and into the new year. Yeah, we got a um, got a campaign going on. It's called Rebuild uh, McNeese. It's a hurricane relief fund, and um, it's through the McNeese Foundation. So you can go to uh, McNeeseFoundation.org, and um, you know any anything helps, and all that goes to help and rebuild McNeese. Um, it, it was a it was just a, a great sight to see the other day when uh, contractors turned the keys over to. President Burkell on uh, three buildings on campus, which means they are they are done and they can start, um, you know, getting uh, all the uh, their computers and all that back in there and start those buildings back up. So, uh, the, you know, the progress is moving, um, the work is moving. It's just so much of it that's got to be done. But yeah, I mean, McNeeseFoundation.org. Uh, that's you know that that's our it's called Operation Rebuild Magnese. So anything would would be tremendously helpful, and um, you know obviously greatly appreciate you know, people uh, from all over that have given already, and um, it's just uh, you know it's just amazing um, the out I guess the outreach from people from from everywhere, um, and uh, you know I've gotten calls and texts and. You know, from people I haven't heard of from a long time. You know, hey, how can we help? And uh, so it's it's 
you know, things like this. You, you hate for things like this to happen to see people come together, but it's when things like this happen is when people come together, you know. So, but that's uh, that's you know been been uh, really good to see, Matt. It's really good to uh, see you there working games, watching uh, the stream of the McNeese State games. You and that uh, that cowboy hat of yours yeah. <laughs> on on courtside, brother. But it's 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 good to see you out there grinding. It's good to see McNeese uh, having something to focus in on with the basketball seasons, and then obviously all the sports coming up. And uh, brother, just keep up the tremendous work that you're doing over there, man. Uh, you are uh, one of the best in the business. Proud to call you a friend and. Uh, you look, man. You need anything? You just you just let us know over here. We'd be more than happy to help out. Hey, man, I appreciate everything you do. I mean, just getting the word out. You have you have no idea how much that means. Um, and uh, I appreciate you having me on. And you know, hey, we're gonna get through this. And uh, you know, facilities are gonna be better. And you know, one thing's for sure: our hearts are gonna be a lot stronger, and our minds are gonna be a lot stronger as well. So uh, we'll get through this. It's gonna take some time, but you know. I, you know, it's because of people like you that are getting the word out, and people from all over that are that are helping out, uh, whether it's a, a donation or you know some help out by manual labor or whatever. Um, we appreciate everything everybody's doing. Matt, appreciate your time as always, brother. Merry Christmas to you and your entire family, brother. And we'll talk soon. All right, Merry Christmas. Thanks a bunch, Matt Bonnet. Assistant Athletic Director, Sports Information Director at McNeese State University. Joining us here on this episode of the Rap Game Podcast. And look, if you want to help out, just check out that information that Matt told you about. And look, even if it's not helping out McNeese State, you know people that are over there, still check in on them. It's the holidays, and there's still a lot of people that are struggling to get back to a sense of normalcy in the Lake Charles area. So make sure you keep them in your thoughts. Reach out to them and help them any way you can this holiday season. That's going to do it for this episode of the Rap Game Podcast. If we don't talk to you between now and Christmas, I hope we will. But if we don't, Merry Christmas to you and your family. And until next time, y'all be safe out there. Be kind to one another. I'm out.